Okay, everybody. Hi. Um, got the recording started, so we'll have that, you know, available as well for download. Um, well, welcome to the teleseminar. And um, just to cover a few things, um, I usually take about 30 minutes to just talk on the day's topic and then um, open it up for people to make comments or, or ask questions. I really like to hear from people. It's so nice to hear what you're seeing and um, and uh, for us to talk together. Um, you know, last uh, month's teleseminar was so touching with the interactions we had together with the people that um, that contributed. Um, and again, uh, if you want to ask a question or make a comment, just uh, hit star two, star two, and then. Um, on my screen, I'll see that you have a question, and um, I'll uh, invite you to to then share that. Also, um, the recording of this teleseminar, all of the past teleseminars are on my website in the community page. Okay, so we'll get started. I'll talk for a little bit and then just check in to see if anybody has any comments or questions. And really, your comments or questions could be anything principles related. It doesn't have to be with today's topic. So today's topic was bother-proofing your relationship, and I see it as kind of a more practical teleseminar. I'm going to give a few pointers about what to look for that help uh, in bother-proofing your relationship. But first, you know, I think like everybody... Um, you know, uh, I was, uh, you know, through my life, through my childhood and so forth, I learned a misunderstanding of where father came from. And, um, you know, as I grew up, what I learned is that there were circumstances and people and different kinds of things that uh, occur, occur in my life that could cause me bother. And... Um, and, of course, that led to getting annoyed or irritated or, you know, kind of being a reactive person for a lot in my life. But it's a misunderstanding about emotions and our feelings. And, uh, you know, just to bring the principles into play, um, bother really is a reaction to thought. It's a reaction to the principles working to create a reality you live in in that moment a reality of experiencing your circumstances or um, your relationships, uh, you know, the task that you have to do at hand or the requirements of work, um, anything that you could be faced with, that bothers really the uh, result of the way you use your thinking to, to look at those circumstances. So, you know, again, the principle of mind is that you're, got the energy of the universe behind you, the intelligence of the universe, and you have the capacity to create from that energy you're thinking. And bother really is an inside job. It looks like an outside job. And a lot of my training as a psychologist came with getting people to um, be more, uh, um, uh, let's see, aware of their feelings. And many clients those days of training came in bothered and um, we would find different techniques to have them express that. 
And uh, there was even, um, I may have said this in a past uh, video, but at the time that I was in training in San Francisco in 1975, there was uh, a method of couples therapy that would have couples uh, use batakas to get their bother with one another out to each other. It didn't last very long, but it's just an example of the kind of thinking that people get into innocently when they believe that it is the other person that's creating bother. And it affects uh, all of life. You know, it affected the way I related to my parents, my sisters, my friends, and particularly, you know, my wife. Uh, in that there are things people could do that I would be bothered by and then annoyed and irritated. So that's the old model. In fact, that's in the world still uh, because it gets into very serious kinds of things when it starts to be countries uh, going to war with each other. In any case, again, bringing in the principles, the principles and the understanding principles of See that bother really is is a reaction, an immediate reaction to thought, to how you're thinking. And uh, if you're taking offense at someone, if you're finding fault, if you're being judgmental, it's pretty easy that with that thinking you'll get the feeling of bother. So um, today, I just want to talk about what does that lead us to then. You know, again, if uh, bother is thought created, if it can't be any other way, then how do we handle that understanding in our day-to-day living and particularly our relationships? So um, I'll give you an example. Uh, Just talking with a client uh, yesterday, and she had just come from her office in which there is a a deposition going because there's a lawsuit going on with one of the partners in the office. And uh, she left the meeting in her her office troubled and bothered, again, that this person had acted this way, that now she's got to go through these depositions. It wasn't her. She just was part of the office, so they're deposing everyone. Well, she got to her desk, and she had been uh, working with me on understanding the principles, and it occurred to her, I don't have to continue. This is what occurred to her. I don't have to keep thinking these thoughts, the thoughts about it that were causing her bother. And, um, you know, it sounds like a strategy, but it, it came to her as a insight or a realization from her understanding of the principles. Like she said, you know, um, I've been trying to get the principles in a way that I could get things to do from the principles. What do I do? But I realized today after that experience that it just occurs to me that I will see how, how to handle circumstances, particularly circumstances that bother her, um, through a realization or an insight that, that it would occur to me. And once she saw that, she was fine. She could do things. She could uh, disengage from that bothersome thinking. She could uh, look to other ways of thinking. So this was her way that came to her through an insight about how to handle that the situation of the feeling of bother. Now, it doesn't mean that 
um, she should like what she's going through or that um, it would be better not to have this kind of thing going on in the office. It has nothing to do with that. It's just how a person could stay out of uh, bother or understand what's going on when she has the feeling of bother to take better care of her mental state. So if her mental state is operating optimally, then she could handle things that she may not like that are going on in a much more wise way. So that's just an example of that. I've talked in other videos about me, you know, that, uh, you know, growing up and and looking at the fact that people could bother me, I, I got into bother a lot. And the way people talk to me, um, people's ideas uh, that weren't mine. So um, it's it's what we grew up learning, most of us anyhow, innocently, with the level of consciousness that's in our uh, our world, you know that um, you know people are opinionated. They take offense. They uh, they see that it's important. They see value in being reactive to other people. So, but once you catch on to the principle, you you, you can't hold that view anymore. It's just impossible to keep that view. Now you may get it for a second or a minute or whatever, you know. You might get bothered by your loved one again, your significant other or your kids, but it can't last. It doesn't, uh, it can't gain a foothold anymore when you realize that bother, like any other feeling, is just a fallout from thought. It's what gets created the minute you kind of uh, engage or give your attention to a certain kind of thinking that's being created in you through the principle. So, this bother then is an inside job and it helps to know that. Not that you rid yourself of bother, uh, not that it's gone forever, but at the first step of recognizing this, when you have bother, you point yourself inward. You get a realization that this has something to do more with your thinking than the other person or the, circumstance, or the circumstances um, you're faced with. Just had another client the other day who, um, again, learning the principles with me, talked to, told something funny. She said that she was like a, uh, when she got in her car, she became a different person. She was a uh, traffic cop, a traffic enforcer, so that she would have thinking about anybody's poor driving. She would see it immediately and get bothered. And at times, she would say she'd yell at people and all of that. And she caught on that the other day she was saying, I was leaving the house. I got to my first stop sign and I just realized, it just occurred to me, oh my God, this is thought. This is the way I've learned to think, and this is where my father's coming from. And that's what she came up with, the fact that she's a traffic, uh, she called it her traffic warden. She's at least to watch out for traffic abuse, so to speak, you know. She had a laugh about it because now she had an understanding which brought her to a, a feeling state where she could relax. Now, bother still enters her mind. 
she still gets thinking, critical thinking about fault finding another way of saying it by uh, traffic with the drivers, but it doesn't last and she's actually been able to have less of that. So those are just some examples where of people realizing that bother is coming from within through the power we have to think. And once we have that thinking, that engage that thinking, our feelings follow it. Our feelings are a result of that. So if you're in fault finding, you're going to feel bothered. So that's that's essentially how you can bother prove your relationship, gaining more of a sense of the principles and how feelings are really more all about what you have created in your thinking right now rather than really the outside. But there are some things to think about with uh, the principles, excuse me, sorry, that help in bother-proofing even more uh, relationships. So these are two things. They're ideas of mine. I'm now not talking about the nature of the principles, right? I'm just talking about my ideas coming from an understanding of principles. And that's helpful to know because um, you want to keep looking to the principles, find your own ideas that help you. If you go for my ideas, they kind of get to be where you might debate them or you might get in, you know, want to get an intellectual understanding about them. You'll see um, situations that might not fit my ideas, but the principles are always the same. So you'll find your own way. I just want to share with you two points I've seen through the years that help in addition to realizing how bother is a result of thought. First thing is that in relationships, everybody has different ways of going about a situation. There's no way you're going to get away from that because everybody has is creating thought their, their own way. They're in their own separate reality, moment to moment. So when a situation arises, uh, people have their own learned ways of handling it. What I've seen in terms of the couples that I have been working with, um, you know, for the past 33 years or so, you know, is that uh, when something in the relationship causes some stress, you know, there's some, somebody's working late or there's a difficult job that one of them has at the moment, and um, they each have their own learned way of dealing with it. So I, I've said this in the past, some somebody might just get quiet and, want to figure it out themselves. Another person may want to just talk about it. And so if you look in a relationship, on any issue, you will see that people will see things differently than you. Not having an acceptance of this or an understanding for it uh, causes a lot of bother for people in relationships. So you know, it plays out everywhere. You know, it's like, um, you know, people, a couple wanting to go see a movie and then one person wanting to go see an action movie, another person wanting to go see a romantic movie. And then couples get into, well, why don't you ever want to go see something I like? You see, you can always blame, it could, a person could always get bothered about the other person's way. So these are just some examples that, 
the one point I have seen that's helpful around father group in the relationship is an understanding that in the relationship, that other person is going to see things differently than you, no matter what it is. Now, you may come close to seeing it the same way, but it's still experienced differently um, by the other person. So, you know, like I was raised with um, identical twin sisters, and really, you know, they share the identical biology, right, with identical genetic makeup. Yet, they're different. They have different ways. And one is generally more carefree than the other is more serious. So, even in that piece, uh, thought plays out. People look at life and circumstances differently than you do. And that understanding has helped immensely. As I teach it to couples, they start to give each other um, more leeway. Uh, They start to give each other more benefit of the doubt. They start to talk with each other with more understanding. So um, they're they're not so into getting uh, offended by or hurt by or see a person's way as a fault and get themselves bothered. Instead, they see that they can see it at their best times when, as that person just learned to go about things that way. So now they can talk about things in an easier way, not coming from a troubled state, not coming from a defensive posture, and that allows for the deeper feelings we have to help the relationship, like generosity. Things like that. I'll tell you a story I've shared before, but this is a a long time ago, many years ago, uh, when I was learning the the principles and listening to Sidney Banks. I came home from a a weekend seminar with Sidney Banks, and what I like to do when I get home at those times, those days when I was working, um, you know, 45-hour job. When I got home from the summer, I just like to change into my sweat clothes. And what I do is usually leave my clothes all over the bedroom. And my wife would get bothered by that because she grew up in a household where things were ordered and people cleaned up after themselves. Well, I wouldn't, I'd get bothered by her getting bothered, so I would stay more, I would take my position of, you know, I'm, my way is the right way. But it occurred to me after hearing Sydney talk at this one particular seminar, this is what occurred to me. It occurred to me, wait a minute here, you know, you really care about your wife and why cause her bother? So that insight, that realization coming from an understanding of the principles, understanding that she had her way, which is like she had her way that she liked when she came into our bedroom, she liked to see it in me. And so it was no a no-brainer then for me when I saw it with understanding, you see, to be generous. And so I picked up after myself. Um, so just a story again to share that seeing the point that people have learned ways of going about any situation in your relationship with them and that way is different than yours for the most part and once you get an understanding for that 
it brings a different mindset. It, it, it opens up an area for you to have thoughts that are more uh, 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 coming from an understanding or loving place. It allows couples to talk about differences without it um, leading to an altercation. See, when you think the other person is bothering you, then the conversation is about how the other person could be different. But when you realize that that bothers you coming from the way you're thinking about that person's way, it moves you to talk about understanding it, uh, holding it in a place of, of seeing that um, that's just the way they've learned to be. It's not a personal thing. That was the other thing that I was talking about with a client yesterday as well. Around um, Again, he's somebody who I just started to work with, and he's getting bothered all over the place. And um, he's getting bothered when he goes in a restaurant. He's getting bothered when he goes out to try to meet a woman. He's getting bothered by all these circumstances. And, uh, of course, then when he's in a bothered state, and he tries to talk to people, they react negatively to him. So yesterday he started to catch on to this, and he, and he said to me, man, I take people's ways very personally, don't I? And so he was starting to see this. And, um, you know, he he uh, was just not appreciating that people have different ways that they would like somebody to approach them and talk to them. And he would get bothered by that. He would think, well, why can't they do it my way? Anyhow, once you catch on that uh, bother is the result of thought, your thinking, it moves you to a little more understanding place. It allows the wisdom you're a part of to uh, provide you, assist you in working that difference out. So that's the first thing, uh, first pointer that, uh, that uh, I'm offering. It's just my idea. People see things differently from one another. And anything in a relationship with someone that you're going to deal with, the other person is going to see it differently than you. And that's, a, that's like not front page news. You don't want it to be front page news. Once it gets to be front page news, you're going to be bothered by them. Okay. The second thing is, uh, you know, what you all call state of mind. And state of mind, that's just an idea. It's just about talking about the different qualities of thinking we go into throughout the day. Levels of consciousness is another way of looking at it. That our thinking is not always at the same level all through the day. And uh, so the way I see it and explain it is, you know, the more trouble the person's thinking is, the lower their state of mind. And uh, when people are troubled, they're like, I don't know, um, fearful, they're feeling insecure, they have some self-doubt, they um, are tired, um, all of that. And they get into trouble thinking and their state of mind, you would say they're in a troubled state of mind, people are not at their best. And this is like well-researched, you know. In the research on depression, which I would say is a person in a troubled state of mind, a low state of mind, um, there is a lot of research about the fact that people uh, operate in ways that don't help them. They are resentful, they feel guilty, they 
they'll listen well, they're short-tempered, they don't consider other people, things like that. And when people are in more um, higher states of mind, then they're generous, they're thoughtful, they consider it, they're understanding, compassionate. So that's the other piece here that is a pointer toward how to bother proof your relationship. And uh, here's another thing about it. Again, when people in the relationship that you are with them uh, are responding to you in what you might consider as a negative tone or a hurtful voice or saying mean-spirited things, they're in a troubled state. That's all that's going on. They're, They're caught up in a troubled state. And when people are in a troubled state, out comes the negativity. And that's all that's going on. And you too, I bet you see that with you. You know, I see that with me. And um, that's a clue that when somebody is coming to you in a negative way, what you might call a negative way, that's a clue they're in a troubled state of mind. Now, understanding doesn't mean you like it, Uh, or you wouldn't prefer that they talk to you in another way. This is just to give you an understanding of what's going on so you don't live in bother. So somebody in a troubled state and the way they act in a troubled state doesn't take you down, doesn't cause you to get into trouble thinking that brings you down into the state of bother, huh? So, um, So that's the other piece here. And you'll see it all over not just in your love relationship or your family relationship, you could see it at the grocery store or at a retail store when you go shopping. You could tell a, you could really tell the state of mind that that person is in that's helping you at the store or the clerk that's ringing up the, uh, the, um, the you're buying, you know, whatever you're buying. You could tell whether they're in a stressful state of mind, a troubled state of mind, or whether they're in a in a, a peaceful state of mind. You could just tell that. And if you understand that, when they're at their worst because they're in a troubled state of mind, you don't have you might be more uh, more of your uh, wisdom could be available to you. I share this too. My wife and I were. Um, shopping last holiday season during the Christmas season, that holiday season. And uh, we went into a big uh, department store and they had lines, of course, you know, lines. And uh, and the clerk that was uh, checking people out was having a tough time with a customer. It was like really difficult. I could see it was really difficult for the clerk. And I started to get into my thinking about it. I started to think, wait a minute here. Why doesn't that person pull that person aside and get a manager to talk to them? Uh, Don't they see there's this big line? Why don't they call reinforcements, you know, (laughs) all of this? I was going in and out of that. I was calming myself down because I realized it was just my thinking I was getting caught up in it. Because I was tired. You know, we had walked the whole day. Well, my wife didn't get affected in the way of bother. And when she got up there, the nurse, the, nurse, the clerk was still in that state, worked up state, you know. And so my wife just offered to help. 
Look, I hope you all read off the tags. Here's, uh, I know we've got a lot of things here. Uh, take your time, relax. Uh, we're not in a hurry. Kind of thing. What do you mean we're not in a hurry? You know? So, uh, and it, I, it just calmed the clerk down. Um, and once the clerk calmed down, the clerk was at her desk. But I only tell this story. I only tell this story only because for whatever reason, at that that day, my wife was able to maintain an understanding. And when she was in that understanding that this is a state of mind, this person's really having a hard day, and really see it, huh? Really see it. Then her wisdom helped her. She got. She was generous, offering to help. She was compassionate, telling her to take it easy. She didn't have to worry so much about us. And that's what's there for all of us to handle people when they're in troubled states of mind. But doesn't mean that that's the uh, you're going to do that perfectly. Again, this is just a point that helps with bother-proofing relationships. Understanding state of mind is an innocent thing for people, but people don't choose to go into a troubled state of mind, right? And a lot of people are in it daily. Um, and yet, uh, you can have an understanding for that when you see it. Again, it's not a strategy that you keep this on your forehead as a reminder, state of mind, state of mind. It'll occur to you. Once it occurs to you, you can use that uh, insight that's come to you about state of mind and help yourself. Help yourself with your thinking. So, uh, this is very valuable in my work with couples because when I start to talk to them about how this happens in a relationship, uh, they begin to have more understanding for each other. So I remember a couple who um, were always resentful with one another, blaming each other. And we we talked about this this part of relationship right off the bat. And just the other night, um, the uh, wife and the couple, I'm just bringing this up because it is the wife who was bothered so much about her husband's ways during the session, started the session by saying, I really see that my thought has a lot to do with how I feel about and she said his name. And so can we talk more about thought? So I thought she had a wonderful insight into state of mind. And once you have that wonderful insight into it, it neutralizes everything, and then you want to learn more. See, that's the other piece to it. It isn't that you start blaming yourself because you've been looking at it wrong. You see that, oh, my God, this has everything to do with state of mind. And then you want to see how to use it more. I have seen that time and time again from people. They don't get an insight and then blame themselves. They get an insight, it eases them. They see the truth. They find that they can relate in a better way and then they want to learn more. So that's what happened with this couple. So, again, the three points for me about bother-proofing your relationship. The first thing you have to see is that bother is a reaction to your thinking. That through the principles you've created thinking about a person, your situation, whatever it is, and that's what's causing the bother. It's an inside job. The next two pointers are what I 
are my ideas. One is that people will see things differently than you. No matter what it is, they've learned to um, think in situations uh, in a certain way. They live in a separate reality. So they have preferences that are going to be different than yours on everything, really. Um, so understanding that helps not take their ways personally or see that there's a particular right way. Instead, it's more understanding rather than who's got the right way. The second point on that is state of mind or levels of conscious. People are always going to different levels of conscious, different states of thinking and different qualities of thinking. And when they're troubled, they're not at their best. They're going to hurt feelings of other people. They're going to say things in mean-spirited ways. They're not going to listen. They're not going to be considerate. And it's easy to get bothered by that if you think about it in terms of taking it personal. But if you understand that that's a state of mind, that kind of gives you some insulation from taking it to, to leading to bother, and it gives you a resource. Uh, it gives you access to these resources that will help you uh, in dealing with a person that way. Okay, so I just wanted to share that, and there, you know, I could say more, but I want to just check in with people, as I do now, and see if you have any comments about this or any questions about today's uh, teleseminar, or really any comments or questions you have in general about the principles. So feel free to share them. Uh, that's what we're here for. That's what part of the teleseminar is about. And if those of you have downloaded other teleseminars, you'll see that when people contribute, um, it advances all the teleseminars. It deepens it. So, again, I'm going to open it up. If any of you have any comments or questions, uh, you need to do star two. Star two on your phone. Really, so, anybody have any questions or comments to share? Okay, I'm not getting any questions or comments, and there's a lot of you on the call. I just want to share one thing, and then I'll get off my uh, pressure on this. You know, um, so many times I would, in the early days, sit in seminars on the principles, and particularly when Jimmy Banks was there for a small group of us, and I'd be too insecure to ask my question, and I would get too nervous in asking a question. And, and now, you know, looking back, I wish I had. But, you know, there's, there's, I, I just wanted to offer that because really, uh, anything you have on in mind to ask, other people do too. Um, so, you know, again, if we look at these three points today about bargain proofing the relationship, it makes relationships easy. And it makes one of the factors of relationships that I help couples see. I call it recovery. And what it speaks to is that no matter how well you understand the principle, you're, you're not going to be perfect. And you may go a day or so in trouble thinking. You may go a day or so bothered in your relationship. But, but 
what you have seen about the relationship, about the, what you have seen about the principles will occur to you again. And it will allow you to get your bearings back. And that's where couples recover. That they get caught up in their, uh, you know, habits of being bothered by one another. It goes to an argument or it goes to some ill will feelings being shared. But then couples can recover. They can begin to realize, oh my God, I just lost sight of, you know, the fact that it was my thinking. And they go back and recover their feelings for the relationship again. And that's a big thing in, in working with couples for me that couples see that it isn't about not getting bothered again. It's about being able to recover and that that is there for people. Sometimes you wish you could see it sooner, uh, but and, and sometimes you do see it right away. So I'll, I'll share a story about a couple that I saw a couple of years ago now who came to see me who would uh, get bothered by one another, argue, and then be in resentment for two weeks. And they actually wouldn't speak to one another. I mean, they would just continue to innocently, without knowing it, keep engaging the fault finding. And it would go two weeks. Then, you know, as it happens to everybody, without knowing it, they kind of get a different thought and uh, they somehow were able to let everything go and they get back with each other. They, you know, say they're sorry, they make up all of that. Uh, but they didn't know what was going on, see? So it looked like, uh, you know, the making up thinking and so forth. It was just random. It just occurred to them eventually or something like that. They didn't know what at all that was. Well, one day after working, they worked with me for about six weeks of once-a-week meetings. And we talked about these points. We talked about thought. We talked about the principles and so forth. And... They came in one day and they were so excited because they said, you know, um, we can't wait to tell you that last night we were doing the dishes and we got bothered by each other and got in an, an argument and then we went our separate ways and we went into that old space. But you know what? It only lasted 15 minutes. We couldn't hold it. It kept, what we were learning here kept occurring to us. Man, this is just your thinking. You just got caught up. You just didn't bother. And once that happened, that I started to have understanding. The, the husband was saying, I started to have understanding for my wife, and I couldn't hold on to that bother. And we went back and apologized and got our feelings back. And, it's, and, and, and so the work with you went from us being in resentment for two weeks to just 15 minutes. So, again, just stories to tell you, again, what, pointing ourselves toward the understanding of principles can do that that the intelligence of uh, of what we are a part of comes to us through an insight about these principles and then that insight is there, the realization is there and it comes back. And um, when it comes back, we can recover. And that's a beautiful thing because I was always looking for that. When I even you know when I was at my worst, I knew that 
in those feelings of anger and bother and so forth, I knew that wasn't a good feeling, but I just didn't know how to really uh, get uh, get the right footing until I had the realization about how thought creates meaning. So um, it's a beautiful thing to see that, particularly in couples' relationships, but any relationship, you can recover. You can get your bearings back. You can get your foundation again. And it isn't like you have a strategy to do that, remember, because when you're bothered, you're in that reality. You, you are in that solid, solid. But what you have realized about the principles occurs to you. And once it does, it starts to help you ease off the grip you have on that uh, bother-creating thinking. And that's the way it works. And so the, the beautiful hope of the principles is that once you have a realization, a glimpse into the principles, you deepen your understanding, you keep looking into the nature of thought, that you don't lose that and it deepens. So each time, really, that you, uh, that it occurs to you in a moment of you being lost in your own thinking, it deepens. It deepens your understanding. So it's a beautiful process. Um, and it, it, the, the thing about it being kind of spiritual energy is that you can't go make it happen. Uh, but as I talked about in the other I'll tell us something. I said, just, you have to live with that. But the beauty is that as you go about living, the realizations of the principles come to you. And they're there, then you can use them. And you learn more. You keep learning more and more. As you get yourself out of, you know, one jam or another in your relationships because of bonding. So I hope that's helpful to everyone. Uh, again, I want to, again, give room for anybody who has any comments. To Oops. Something just dropped here in my office. If you have any comments or questions, uh, really feel free to share them. Let's, the, the point of my doing the teleseminars was to be interactive with you, to hear from you and hear what your wisdom is about. What have you seen lately? We don't have to stay with this topic, but if anybody wanted to share something they've seen recently about the principle, that'd be great. So again, star two on your phone. And um, Okay, so we have some questions. So I'm going to take them in order here. So uh, I have Eric in New York. Oops, sorry. Um, sorry. I have Eric in New York. Who do I have? I have somebody in New York. I'm sorry. Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, this is Feggy. Oh, hi. Oh, how hi. are you? I am good, thank you. Oh, good. Um, I I have a question regarding relationships and finances. Okay. So what if you feel that um, your partner isn't being responsible um, around finances? How would you um, speak to that? 
Well, um, so again, let's. So the so um, um, when you want to talk about something in the relationship that you've noticed, first of all, you have to find the right feeling in you. And so part of what we are talking about today helps that. Because the feeling you're in, uh, I'm talking about like something like goodwill or understanding that, that, that there's something here that your partner is has learned in their thinking or might be a bit insecure about is going on here. But in order to talk about something that's very close to home for someone, you have to be in a understanding place. It's very important. Because the minute you go and you have any bit of uh, judgment about it or fault-finding about it in you, um, the person will feel it. They'll get it. And so then that you know, the person will stay defensive about it. So really what you want to do is be in a feeling state where you can have some impact on the state of mind of your partner. So that's the first thing. You have to be in that feeling state. Now, the other piece that I have found to be helpful is listening. And the piece that's very powerful here about listening is to is to is to wonder about why they act that way with money. You want to go on a discovery of the humanness of your of this person and what it is uh, that they go about money this way. And you want to do that as neutrally as you can. So, you know, you know. so uh, I, I've done that a couple of times with my wife and couples that have come to see me practice this as well. And it's kind of like you really want to make sure that the other person knows you just want to discover them. You just want to have a deeper understanding of what it is about for them. And you stay at it. You keep inquiring and and try to find what's behind that. What is going on about that? Where did it come from? How is it that you go about it this way? And you really are inquiring without judgment about how is it that they see this. And what usually happens is you will see the humanness of it. And when you see the humanness of it, both of you will relax and it will be easier to take care of. So that's one way. It takes some uh, practice because when you start to do the inquiry, uh, you may not be able to maintain goodwill. Then you're going to have to wait and come back to it. But what you really want to do is touch the humanness of that person. You want to listen in a way that you can feel the connection both of you have with each other. Now, it can go the other way if you're in the feeling of goodwill. 
And if you're in the feeling of wanting to have your husband or your significant other understand you, you could share what your way is from what it means to you only to help your husband or your significant other or your wife or your spouse um, get a connection to you. So very briefly, in the time here, to answer that question, what I'm speaking to is when you go to an issue in a relationship, your love relationship, that looks major, you must you must be, and I hold myself to the same thing, you have to be in an understanding feeling and a feeling of goodwill. And you have to keep monitoring that. Um, and what that does for both of you, but particularly for the other person approaching the subject here, is it keeps the person's mind quiet. Then you go on trying to find the human connection. You either inquire about how is it that this person, where's this coming from? What's this about? How did you get here? How did you go about money this way? What makes you think about it this way? Or you um, ask the other person to hear you, to hear your humanness of it. Listen, uh, I, I come from this. I grew up in a family and we, we, you know, I learned to go about finances this way. I feel really that they're important to take care of. I get really frightened when they're not. So you just keep sharing your humanness to the other person. The, the goal is to really feel connected to the humanness of it. Man, if I saw it that way, I could under, I understand you now. So that's what I see as the way to go about it. That's how to do it. Does that help? Very helpful. Thank you so much. Okay. There's more to this. Um, uh, maybe I'll, I might even consider doing more while on this topic. But there's more to it. But really, that's the piece. Those are the two points you want to see. If you can, you, and you keep at it. It may not be like at one shot. You know, you may not be able to do it at one sitting. But you keep come back and come back to the good, keeping the good feeling in you for the other person and for yourself. Okay, so um, let's see. There was another question from New, from New York, Albany, New York. I don't know if that's anybody, but that's what the. It's showing me. There's no name here. That ring for anybody? Albany, New York. Um, okay. And then um, Eric from Gulf Breeze, Florida. Eric? I I uh, saw that your hand was up, Eric. Is that um, right? Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. Uh, 
I was thinking of, of a question that I wanted to ask, but since then I, it's passed through my mind. But okay. I was listening to the response that you were sharing with the previous caller. I, I think that was very well spoken of you and, and very helpful to me. Uh, I think that listening, like you said, with an open mind, with a with an open heart or listening in love, looking for um, the similarities or the uh, the happiness, the source of happiness behind the in what's in front of that, which might be some source of of uh, unpleasant feelings, might um, be what you're describing in that deep listening the words, what's behind the words, and, and where they're coming from, and, and finding that humanity or even that deeper sense of of connection and attachment that, that kind of transcends the idea of um, the physical sense of finances or maybe our attachment to those things, if that makes any sense at all. Well, it does. I loved what, what you were pointing to, and um, really, in a way, when you connect to the person you love uh, this way, because really, it's um, it it isn't something you can do very. Well, I mean, you can keep a goodwill in your heart when you're out shopping, you know, in the stores, but when you're really wanting to move in this direction to handle an issue that's important for you in a relationship and the other person has a difference about that issue with you, if you find their humanity, you'll see both of you at that moment of catching catching it will just relax with each other. Because you'll see that everybody is the same. It's playing out in this person in a certain way. And it may be that you find that... Um, they have insecurity, or maybe you find that they get scared to do it another way. Maybe you find they feel less than. You'll find something that connects you to the human condition. And when you find that, you transcend, what you said, transcendent. You transcend um, the differences, and you feel the connection you have with one another, and then it's easy to work it out. It's really easy to work it out. Also, if you are the one and you want to share the importance of this issue for you and you want to share your way, if you're able to talk with the significant other in your life, from that place in you to have them hear your humanity without pointing the finger. See, that's what's difficult a lot of times for couples is that they start there, but then they go to, you know, they got to go to pointing out what the other person is doing. So it takes a lot, it takes some time to really feel this. But if you see that your job there is really at that time not to correct the issue, but to tell the person about you, and why this is important to you, and what you're about, where it comes from. They hear your humanity. It's it's out of the blame game, 
they relax and they feel connected and they transcend. So both of you, so when you hear, when you listen this way um, and you catch the humanity of the other person, you transcend um, the issue and you take care of it. Because the transcendence is really, you don't go anywhere, you just feel the connection both of you have being part of mind. So you get beyond the physical form that the two of you are separate. See, when couples stay on a bothersome issue, they look separate. See? You get it? They look separate because one's got one opinion, the other's got another way, right? So uh, is I, really Yes? I, I was going to say, I, I completely agree. I think that, that that's uh, very well spoken and it's like you're saying, um, seeing the the love, the light, the goodness in them, and and feeling and knowing that they're seeing the light and the goodness in you, is going to move forward in a productive, positive way within yourself as you approach that, and that's going to make for a more um, understanding, healthy, you know. Um, transfer of information between the two parties, so to speak, I guess. It will, and make it easier to share the way you see it. Yes. Yeah, it will. Thank you for that, Karen. Thank you so much. So I see, I, so there is, um, let me just check here. So I'm going to go back because there's still a question here for from someone here is on a cell phone in New York, and uh, it looks like I'm just getting Albany, New York. So I'm just gonna make room to see if you have any other, anything any question there. Hey, uh, Mark, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> Sorry for the trouble. I was on mute. <laughs> oh, um, I'm okay. Really, I'm I'm really glad you did this today, and and um, I just um, actually came back from lunch with someone. This is perhaps slightly off topic, but um, her husband was just diagnosed with um, stage 4 cancer, and um, uh, it's a terminal diagnosis, and she is understandably very sad, but she was describing um, how worried she is about being um, alone, and um, that it's difficult for her to get past this sadness and this uh, worry about um, losing her husband and being alone. And um, you know, I'm I'm uh, I just you know listened and and uh, offered what support I could. Um, but it's I got the sense from her that this worry was pretty consuming and um i wonder what would you do how how might you approach from a, an understanding of the three principles uh someone who's um experiencing uh feelings that are surely related to thoughts but it's a very concrete um external fact that is 
the focus, understandably, again, of her thinking. And um, how might you approach a conversation uh, with this person that might give her um, some relief that sort of enable her to point to the fact that it's internal. It seems so lacking somehow. She goes, well, yes, it's it's internal. Yes, I'm thinking about it. Of course I'm thinking about it. He's going to die in three weeks. Wow. So uh, I just wanted to share that I'm aware we're going to have a, we're going to go a little longer on this teleseminar. But I, I think this is a beautiful question that kind of speaks to our, our theme in some way. And I just want to speak to that. Um, before we sign off for today. And um, so, again, you know, uh, I think that being a source of comfort is uh, a beautiful thing with what you already uh, you already provided for her on uh, the, the walk back or whatever your talk. And, and again, you know, it's... Um, uh, the, the whole piece really here is, um, again, this is a listening piece when you try to figure out for yourself, what of what I know are the principles, how can I be helpful here, you know? What do I have to offer? And, um, you know, and you, you know, it's really about that the teaching can't go before the listening. And so, what you want, so what you want to do here is really listen. And you want to find a way to understand this person. And, uh, Hear, uh, hear them uh, without you uh, having a lot of your own thinking going on and just being very, very present and connected to them. Because in that listening, uh, you know, the, the, the quieter you are about your own personal thinking while you're listening to someone, uh, even the thinking about, well, what should I share about the principle? You don't want that in your head either, you know. The quieter you are without listening, You'll be assisted. You'll be assisted. Things will come to mind for you about what to share and how to share it and how to share it, you know. Well, one of the things I was talking about, I, I coach now a lot of people who are bringing the principles into their practice and, and somebody was, we were talking about having permission, you know. So something here, and which is a very, very delicate situation, before you even talk about the principles, you may want to ask permission, if you know, to to share something. Uh, that's really been helpful too. To just say, you know, I really have seen something that's been helpful for for troublesome things. I don't know if you're up to hearing that. I'd love to share it sometime. Or can I share something with you? But you don't want to start trying. You don't want to start teaching at the teaching the principles part. I'm just making that up, huh? You want to be guided into it. And you want to be guided into sharing what you know are the principles with this person uh, from listening and listening very deeply to them. Now, when you understand the principle, that doesn't mean you're not going to feel sad. It doesn't mean you're not going to be worried. It doesn't mean that um, the terminal uh, diagnosis of your husband isn't going to have impact on you. But what it can provide are times where you're not consumed, you know. The understanding principles have nothing to say with the fact that you're not going to have sadness or worry. It just allows you to know why and where it's coming from. But, again, 
if you're going to share something about the principles to comfort someone, let your sharing be guided by the listener. And then, and then as it comes to you, you might ask for permission to share it. And um, that makes it a very nice human connection. So again, we talked about the listening piece here. You can't underestimate or undervalue, that's the word I meant, uh, listening before you say things. Uh, and, and let the intelligence you're a part of guide you and assist you. And that's why when I talked earlier uh, uh, about listening to your significant other, your spouse, it guides you. When you get to that place of, of listening beyond your own thinking and opinions and critiques and fault finding, then that's at rest while you're listening. The wisdom, the intelligence you are guide you through that. So with somebody like this trying to comfort this person, uh, deepen your listening, not to the content, but to the humanness underneath there. And, and then you'll be assisted about how to share what you know are the principles. And then if you ask for permission, that will connect you even more. Well, I hope that was helpful. We ran over time, but that's okay. Um, I just appreciate hearing from everyone. And um, again, thank you for being part of the teleseminar. Um, and again, we'll have these up on the website for downloading in a couple of days or so. Maybe next week, I, uh, my the person helping me is taking vacations through the summer. Uh, so just go to my website, threeprinciplesinstitute.org. Uh, the three is written out. And then go to the community page, and uh, you'll see all the uh, teleseminars for download. Well, again, great having you be part of this with me. I uh, thank you for letting me share this and uh, look forward to us uh, getting together next month. Okay, have a good month. And again, thanks for, for, for being part of the Telecine. Take care, everybody. The conference is now completed. Goodbye. Welcome to the conference.